this past month, I sat down with a man who shared how he came to listen to Back to the Bible Canada. It seems he and his wife listened to Laugh Again every day and not to miss a program would set a reminder for five minutes prior to its start. Well, that five minutes allowed them to hear Dr. Neufeld for the first time. And five became 10 and 10, well, eventually they were listening to both programs from start to finish. Stories like these fill our hearts. God is using these ministries to encourage, to draw people to himself and into his word. This month, would you help us sustain and grow the impact of these ministry programs across Canada? What Back to the Bible Canada is about is really quite simple. We teach the Bible, and your support allows that to continue. Send a gift today toward our fiscal year-end campaign. Call us at 1-800-663-2425 or donate online at backtothebible.ca. Hi, this is Ben Lowell with Back to the Bible Canada and Dr. John Newfeld. Today we conclude our series, The Whole Gospel to the Whole World, with a special interview with Dr. John Newfeld himself. We'll be discussing some of the balance we need in all of our ministries between the gospel and our social ministries. Let's join Dr. John Newfeld now. Dr. John, it's great to be with you today. And, you know, all week we've been talking about biblical ministry and the importance for all ministry to be Bible-centered and effective, presenting both the gospel and meeting the needs of people. And you have a perspective yourself, both personally and respect to uh, Back to the Bible Canada. But can we go to sort of the very basics right off the top? Can ministry take place without offering the good news? Yeah, I mean, not in a biblical sense at all. I mean, obviously, from a cultural perspective, a secular perspective, I mean, ministry simply means serving another person. So, yeah, I mean, from a this-worldly perspective, yeah, it can. But I think nobody can be truly Christian unless the gospel, that Christ died for our sins and that he was buried and that he was raised on the third day and that we can be saved through faith in him. I mean, if that does not take the centerpiece of everything that we do, I don't think that we can be Christian at all because this is what Christ has called us to do, the Great Commission, that we are to go into all the world and to preach the gospel. That is the calling that we have. So I don't think you can ever take the gospel out of it. Now, I think some people might think, well, what you're saying is then just doing good isn't good enough or whatever the case might be. But it really comes from a perspective that not that we shouldn't do good, but we're missing out on the best thing if we don't offer the gospel. Yeah, I think that in the end, if we care for someone's immediate needs and neglect the long-term needs, that is, the need to be reconciled with God, well, then everything falls apart. You know, I've said, and I've said it before, and I'll say it again, I think it's cruelty to care for someone's immediate needs and leave them neglected when it comes to their long-term needs. So I think unless we put this together, we fail to do what Christ has called us to do. And if we fail that, we fail to be his servant. So I think that's at the heart of what we're presenting this week. You know, in ministry and in today's world, I make the observation that it's becoming increasingly difficult, it would seem, to be both a gospel ministry and a social ministry. They seem to be struggling in respect to balancing the two. Why do you think that is? Yeah, and a first broadcast that we did on this very issue has to do with the split that we've had in the Western world between what's been called the social gospel and what's at the same time just, you know, Bible-believing Christians. Somehow, we've put a cleavage between 
between social action and the declaring of the good news. And so, but that's not been the case historically for the Christian church. That's been what we've struggled with here in the Western world. And it's time for Bible-believing people to simply get beyond that and to recognize that we do have an obligation to all people. It is part of our gospel ministry. But Ben, the good news is that we've just interviewed three people and they present us with the fact that there are all manner of examples where those two things happen simultaneously. I mean, we could have given a number of other examples as well, but, you know, those are three good examples. Do you not think it's really an example of courage as well? Because in today's culture, uh, many organizations become dependent upon resources outside of themselves that would call them to water down a gospel approach. You know, a number of years ago, I had interviewed Preston Manning, and you'll recall that Preston Manning had run for prime minister at some time in the past, and he's an outstanding and he's an overwhelmingly Christian in every way. And Manning had said in the interview, he had said, look, when organizations, Christian organizations, Christian churches try to build a pipeline into the government, what they're going to find out in the end is that the government is able to turn around and build a pipeline right back into you. And so it's not you that's going to be forming government policy, but the government which is going to be forming the policy of the individual organization or the Christian church. I think the more that we can disconnect ourselves from government revenues and instead appeal to God's people to give generously and to care for both the concern for the individual and the impact of the gospel, I mean, the more that we can disconnect ourselves from government and simply be beholden to Christ, I think we're better off. So, I mean, I know that's not always the case, but I think as a general rule, that's not a bad rule to hold. I remember, and I may not get the facts specifically right, but uh, the conversation I had with Barry in respect to compassion and him coming on board as the president, and they did really receive quite a bit of government funding to help support their work. And he made a three-year plan to come off of all of that funding. And I guess he must have gone into that with some trepidation. But in essence, what ended up happening is God blessed him in incredible ways so that Compassion doesn't receive any government support at all, but it all comes from those people that are concerned about the ministry of Compassion. Yeah, because they would not be able to have the freedom to do with what they do today. You know, if I could just tie that back into here at Back to the Bible Canada. Now, clearly, this would not be, I mean, government money would not come into gospel proclamation. It just wouldn't. But that's what we do. That's all that we do. But it's an interesting thing to me because, you know, anyone that deals in compassion with people's needs is also a gospel proclaiming work. And, you know, the government can well say, "Man, why should we give to the proclamation of the good news of Jesus? And, and I might say as a believer, why should tax dollars go towards the proclamation of the good news of Jesus? I, I completely understand that. So I think that what we think is at stake is the purity of the gospel. So I think what Barry has done with Compassion Canada is a wonderful role model that I think should serve as an example to many organizations. Have faith that if you trust in Christ alone and in the calling on God's people to give, that in fact God's people will give in a way that's you know moved by the Holy Spirit to do more than we ever thought was possible. You know, and Jason came in from Wagner Hills and talked about the the numbers of people whose whose lives have been transformed as a result of the way that they do ministry and the way that they do treatment at Wagner Hills, and it's Bible based. I mean, it's gospel based ministry. Yeah, the conversation that really struck me with Jason is when I asked him 
you know, I could have asked him what the recidivism rate was, and his answer would have been, it's got to be one of the lowest of any organization dealing with drug addictions. It's really an incredible record. But when I asked him this question, how many of the young men and women who go there actually receive Christ? And you remember he said, almost everyone does. I mean, what an effective ministry. It brings people to Jesus and also allows them to be free of that which bound them before, uh, both in terms of sin and in terms of the addictions that they had. You know, it just comes to mind right now, and maybe I would ask your advice because of these great organizations that we've been able to talk to, but what is the responsibility of the individual Christian respect to where they offer their resources? I used to teach this. I mean, obviously, I've been a pastor for so many years, and I would teach this all the time. I would say, you know, there's all sorts of organizations that want your money. Please do not give to those that do not have the proclamation of the gospel as front and center. I mean, there's so much you can give your money to. I mean, I I will also, I mean, there are times when uh, there are things that are asked for um, that we give our money to. But I think the interview that I did with Ray Duick, in which he talked about the tsunami in Japan, and in which he looked very hard for a local church uh, in which monies would be poured into from our local church to that local church, um, and they simply used the monies that we sent them to have a more effective ministry to people who had lost everything in the tsunami. Now, that church is still there. They're still preaching the gospel. They're still among the very people that they ministered to, and it's led to such an effective approach. I think whether it's a local church saying, I mean, who do we partner with? I mean, Ben, we do that here at Back to the Bible, don't we? Say, who do we partner with? We always partner with somebody who has gospel proclamation front and center. So I think it's a great rule for anyone saying, where should I give? Front and center is the gospel there. And in that, I would guess you would suggest that evangelism, proclaiming the gospel, really is a scriptural mandate. There's no way to get around it. That's what we're all about here at Back to the Bible Canada. I mean, it's gospel proclamation. It's Bible teaching. You know, if I can get just slightly off track in terms of that, I mean, the responses that I have heard back from people who have simply heard our broadcast, people who would not have gone to church but heard this broadcast. Or, you know, we have other examples of of believers who simply use this broadcast on a daily basis to do their devotions. And we can think also of people who have never heard the gospel in any other way. I think what we're doing is essential to ministering to the whole person because we continue to reinforce gospel presentation with daily Bible teaching that continually puts the Bible in front of people and its relevance to their lives, and it helps them to recognize that there's no possible way that we can live our lives without constantly dealing with the Word of God. So putting all of that together, I I love what we're doing this week. We're saying that Bible, gospel, caring for people, the needs of the poor, all of this stuff is one part of the whole, and we dare not separate it lest we become less than what Christ wants us to be. Yeah, and, I, and I'd like you to speak to that a little bit because, you know, people might say, well, you know, you're putting so much emphasis on on the gospel, which we are, uh, but that doesn't allow people to uh, misunderstand their responsibility socially. Yeah, it's so important for us to understand that there will be no proper response to the needs of this world until Christ has transformed the heart that we've received of the Holy Spirit and he has freed us from all of our selfish ambitions and allowed us to be like Christ and to give our lives for the sake of others. And I'm going to say, if you don't have conversion, it won't take very much longer and there will be no needs of the poor address. So, Ben, if I could add this. 
evangelical believers who are Bible-believing, who hold every word to be true, and who trust in the gospel are the most generous givers that we have in this nation. If you look at giving rates in Canada, Bible believers compared to everybody else, it's more than double, it's more than 10 times as much giving that comes from those impacted by the gospel. So neglect the gospel, and in the end, there's gonna be nothing for anybody at the end of the day. Engaging kids in the Bible is critical from an early age. Bringing familiarity with Bible characters, stories, and tools to encourage scripture memorization. Well, this is the vision for the launch of Back to the Bible Kids. Coming this June, Back to the Bible Kids will launch three unique Bible engagement games designed to educate, expand, and deepen a child's understanding of the Bible. The games will be released on both the Apple and Google Play stores. This is our first step with Back to the Bible Kids, one of many to come, we hope, but we would ask for your prayers for both our children and this new ministry venture. Our hope is that every Canadian at every stage of life would grow in their understanding and relationship with Jesus. Your partnership makes these resources possible. So join us in ministry. Support Back to the Bible Kids today with a generous gift. Call 1-800-663-2425 or visit backtothebible.ca. Well, we're continuing to have the, the privilege and the opportunity to talk to Dr. John about uh, the proclamation of the gospel and about Bible teaching. And, and John, can I just ask you, just right off the bat, uh, why is Back to the Bible so committed to the mission that we hold? It's been such a long history. You know, I'm not the first person behind this microphone teaching the Bible. I feel so honored to stand in the wake of other men who have been behind this microphone and who have declared the good news. This has been a long history of using this medium to declare the Bible, the gospel, the glad news of Jesus Christ. I, I'm committed to this because I think that God has given us a national voice at this point in our history. I mean, I know that in terms of our country, there has been an abandonment of biblical principles, but against that tide has come this very ministry in which we have continued to reach out to people across this land, and they have come to realize that the Bible is such a great impact on human lives, and lives have been changed. Where I'm overwhelmed at what this ministry has to offer. John, how do you see the neglect of Bible teaching really playing out in the world around us? Yeah, I do think that whenever the Word of God goes silent, then people are no longer hearing God speaking. I know what replaces it. What replaces it are people having, you know, this immediate revelation from the Holy Spirit, or so they claim. But in the end, it soon results in darkness. I mean, we've been there in Christian history before when the Bible was not available to people, and so people were depending upon immediate revelation, and soon there is no gospel, and the majority of the human race doesn't even hear of what Christ has done. So it is imperative. Christ demands it of us that we verse by verse proclaim what has once for all been given to the saints. And if the Bible is what we think it to be, Ben, and we know it is, it's going to change human lives. It's going to change a culture. I believe that what's being done by Back to the Bible Canada contributes to a whole message of the gospel to this country. 
Yeah, you know, we've been internationally around for over 75 years now. And many people would say, well, you're just a Bible teaching ministry. You're really not an evangelical or evangelism-oriented ministry. Would you say that's true or not? Yeah, you know, this is not unlike the question that I've been asked all the years that I was in pastoral ministry. I remember very early on somebody saying, who do you think that you want to minister to? Do you want to minister to God's people? Then teach the Bible verse by verse. If you want to minister to the lost, then simply have a a message that's directed primarily to them. What do you want to do? And I remember thinking that through, and I simply rejected that dichotomy. I am convinced that if one simply declares what God has given us, written once and for all, it changes human life. And I need to say, in the last 15 years of pastoral ministry, simply teaching the Bible through verse by verse, I saw conversions every single week. I know that individuals are coming to Christ through this Bible teaching ministry. We don't have to make the choice between teaching the Bible and reaching out to the lost. That one methodology does both, and it does it far better than any other plan that we can concoct. You know, can I ask you just off the cuff, can you share some examples of how the the gospel has miraculously transformed lives? Yeah. Well, Ben, if I can, let me tell you about my own experience. I mean, I came to Christ at the age of 18. But very early on, I mean, I was still overwhelmed with my sense of guilt. I mean, I, I had this deep sense of, did I really belong to Christ or did, was this all my own idea? And this just went on with me. I was about to abandon the faith that I had embraced, and I had started to read Romans. I got to the end of Romans chapter 8, what can separate us from the love of Christ? You know, shall hardship or nakedness or danger of the sword? And, and it lists all of these things. And then it has this wonderful proclamation, knowing all these things we are more than conquerors through Christ who loved us. And I got it. Ben, I got it. I got from simply reading the text that Christ had the ability to keep me and he would. I mean, that's why I think to this day that I've carried on in my Christian life is because the word got a hold of me. Now, that's just true in so many different lives. Ben, last Sunday, I was preaching at a church, and a man came forward to speak to me, and I remembered him. Wonderful. A Jewish man by the name of Stefan. Stefan had come to church when I was preaching through Romans chapter 9, which is this thing about uh, the grafting in of the vine and God's relationship to Israel and so forth. And it's kind of technical. And I worked my way through that. I remember driving home with Kathy and I said, I'd be surprised if anyone even showed up next Sunday. I thought I had done so badly. And then this guy named Stefan called me and he said, you know, I'm a Jew and I never thought I could be a Christian until I listened to what was being said. And I realized this is for me. It was just a Bible teaching moment. But this also happens on our radio program every single day. It's not just that believers are listening. People who don't know Christ are listening. And you and I, Ben, will never know what is the key to that person's heart, but God knows what it is. And a faithful teaching of the Word will be the key to reaching that very person. That we're convinced of. You know, and I guess that's the key to uh, consistent uh, expositional preaching is that you don't know what's going to speak to somebody's heart, but the Word of God does, even in their unique situations. Yeah. Isn't that something? I mean, there are sometimes I need to shake my head, and I would have never guessed that this would be the key. I just simply say, you know, if this is what God has written down, it must be for our own good, so I'll do my best to teach it, and that's the result. And so that reminds me, by the way, that you know, this thing is never anything that I do or that you do, Ben. It's, it's simply getting out of the way and allowing the Bible to speak for itself. And if we can get to do that, that's where the power lies. You know, and I was just thinking that, you know, when you study the Word of God for yourself, 
you really need to look at it very personal because some people would see it. It's an old document. It's speaking to other people, other situations, but it speaks very personally. That's always amazed me about the Word of God because the stuff that you said is all true, isn't it? I mean, it is an old document. It's a very old document. It was written to a people group that in many cases no longer exist. Um, you know, there are, you know, cities all over the world that where is, you know, Philippi and Thessalonica. To, I mean, Thessalonica is a large city. That's probably a bad example. But Philippi no longer is there. And many of the letters that are written to, you know, what was in Turkey, those cities are no longer there. So the people aren't there anymore. And yet these ancient words written to ancient people, isn't this amazing? How, over the the intervening thousands of years, suddenly the Holy Spirit brings that message into a human heart, and the change is so remarkable. And people say, and never been the same again. I mean, <laughs> that's the nature of the Word of God. Now, as we look back on a past year of ministry, are, are there some things that stand out to you? And, and as we move forward into a new year of ministry for Back to the Bible Canada, uh, do you have personal things that you believe God is leading you towards? Yeah, I, I know that um, when I first began to be involved in this ministry, I wasn't sure. I, mean, I didn't know exactly how it would all work and so forth. But for me, it's been a couple of things. One is traveling across the country, actually meeting people who have listened, who have said, this has changed my life. Uh, people who have said, you know, now I'm doing devotions every day and I'm using the Back to the Bible program as my devotions and it's helping me to get into the Scripture. Uh, other personal testimonies, I mean, of that nature. I've been overwhelmed at what has happened in individual lives. So suddenly, you know, the whole thing has become alive to me as something uh, really important. And, you know, Ben, if I could just uh, kind of put a word in here for Back to the Bible. Please, in your giving ministry, don't neglect the ministry of Back to the Bible Canada. Uh, We can't continue to do what we do were it not for the commitment that God's people give to those who are partnering with us so that the Bible can be effectively taught. Uh, Please see this as such an essential commitment of your resources. And remember also that when you give, you're investing in eternal dividends. So uh, there is nothing like giving to Bible teaching. I mean, what can be better than that? Yeah, you know, it's, it's pretty astonishing when you think about it. And I know we have the opportunity almost on a daily basis to say something about, wow, can you imagine that that person provided those resources uh, that make this ministry happen, what trust they have. But we really do carry a very heavy responsibility given that trust. Wow. I mean, I think that's really the heart of what we do. Every single check that comes in has come from someone who has been praying for us and who has given not because they've had to, but because they've wanted to. I mean, we've said before, there are no government funds that run here or any other other way in which this ministry keeps happening. I mean, you can have a, a podcast of this ministry and you can click onto it. It'll cost you nothing. The only way that we sustain our ministry is because someone says, you know, I believe in this enough. I will make the sacrifice. And when that money comes in, it it really does put a weight on all of our hearts that says we must be faithful to those people who have entrusted their resources to us. Now, you know, when we've been talking today, none of this have we rehearsed or anything of that nature. So here's a tougher question perhaps, but what would you say to the individual right now about getting into the Word? Why is it so critical? Jesus said, man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word that comes from the mouth of God. Uh, There are so many things that we care about. Um, You know, we care about our own physical well-being. We care to buy food and everything else that we do. There is no greater value 
than to know the Word of God. It sets the stage for your life here and for your life in eternity. Never, never, never neglect the Scripture. There is nothing more important about you than that one thing. What a great word. And thanks so much to all of our listeners for your incredible support of this ministry. We hope you'll continue to support us in the days ahead as things are done to see the kingdom grow and to see people's lives changed. Back to the Bible Canada. Well, we teach the Bible. <laughs>